welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Leland, it's another week of high school sports, and the boys' basketball and girls' basketball both had huge marquee matchups this week. Let's start off uh, by diving into it. Uh, Stanton, really good. <laughs> yeah, they they established what you know you and I were kind of saying. We thought Stanton was kind of ahead of the game here, but with both teams undefeated, hey, you got to play the games. Uh, Draft won their game against Fort Defiance, who had been turning on of late and uh, to set up the big time matchup on Friday. So, you know, drafted all they could to make that a big time game. And the atmosphere was good. I know Cody Elliott was there tweeting and I was following along with him and uh, got the NFHS up at at some point. Um, But by the time I got it up, it was, it was too late to see competitive basketball. I mean, they just came out, blew it out. First quarter was good. Second quarter, I think it was like a 19 to two or something like that. Some, some just crazy. Uh, dominating second quarter. So uh, that's propelled them to the win. They carried it on from there. Darrell and Jones each had 19 points. Those guys have scored a lot of points for them, particularly Darrell. Um, that was coming off of big win against Broadway, one of the Valley District's better teams with the game-winning shot there. Early in the week, I think Bell had that game-winning shot. So, it, I mean, everything led up to that, and then Stanton just kept it going and and, and sort of stubbed their toe. Uh, and What's interesting about this, as we set up this game, we we knew they're going to play Friday, and then, hey, they're going to play again next next Wednesday because of a earlier snow uh, cancellation pushed that game to now. So because it's such a blowout, it's easy to quickly get to that in the conversation of, you know, what did draft learn about themselves in that game? What can they do to better themselves and attack the game better on Wednesday? Do I think the result gets reversed? No. But can, can Stuart Strauss stay in that game longer? Can they make it more of a game, um, you know, and, and just stay and take their foot off the gas either. Any, either. So, you know, you kind of just want to see how that plays. I, I assume the outcome will be um, a Stanton win coming up on Wednesday. But, uh, yeah, impressive. It just, you know, still coming back to that. Game. Impressive that they were able to beat the, you know, undefeated Shenandoah District team. Uh, the only other undefeated Shenandoah district team like that. So just really impressive credits of Mickens and all the, what they're doing out there. Yeah. I just think this team is that much better. And, and you know, you're talking about yeah. draft has a short turnaround and trying to see what you learned from the game. What I learned is Stanton is one, like we expected then pretty you got a little bit of a gap. Yeah. <laughs> Grand Canyon size gap. Stewart's draft. <laughs> Then it seems like another Grand Canyon size gap for Defiance uh, because Stewart's draft went to Fort and pounded them like that was a blowout. So, uh, yes, the Thursday, Friday probably didn't help Stewart's draft any, but I, I, I mean, they've got days off now. I, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They'll be well rested before they play Stan again. I don't Stan won't be. I don't Stan see has that. to play. Yeah. Yeah, they're playing Monday against Riverhead, so they'll have only one day off between the games. But no, they're playing Tuesday against oh. Wilson. I, I got the two week of schedule there. They played Wilson oh, on Tuesday, Stanton yep. does, and then draft on Wednesday and then okay. four on Friday. So Stanton so has that tougher week. They'll have then then draft has the inverse, right? So draft like draft yeah. had to do last week. Now Stanton has to do this week. Yeah. I just don't see thirty eight points being made up. Like I don't. It, yeah. That's tough. I, I'd like to see a closer game. That would give me hope for what I think George Draft 
could possibly do in 2B. I think I think they're very like even with this result, just as it is. If 2B tournament started tomorrow and they're going, you know, having seen who they beat in 2B already, beaten Loray, beaten Central yeah. Woodstock, knowing what those teams have done against each other, I still think Stewart Stroud has a chance to come out of 2B one way or the other, whether winning 2B or coming as a, out as a second place team. I, I still think they have that good opportunity. They're they're battle tested. We've seen, you know, they they've gone undefeated. They had a what a 12 game win streak, and now they've lost. You know, now they can, you know, reform from that. They, there might be another loss, but then they can really use what they've learned against a very quality 3C team and and, and use that in 2B for their advantage. So, um, yeah, I, I think it – I don't think this changes my long outlook for Stewart's draft. It just, you know, definitely puts into stone what's happened in the Shenandoah district. Well, and also, I mean, let's let's be honest. Like, this – First Stanton this week, it was we we talked about it. It's more than just the Shenandoah district. They went out and they beat Broadway before that and over yes, it was in overtime. Yeah. But those games have been yeah. close all year. They finally get a win. That's been the most important thing. I, I understand the games have been close all year, but my, my biggest point to you was I need to see them win. Like it if you play a close game in the three C tournament and lose and it's not the region championship, it doesn't really matter. You're done. Your season's over. Right. So you gotta start right. winning these games. And they finally got a big win against Broadway. And I think that can give them some confidence for deeper uh, into postseason play now. Uh, whereas I think yeah, before yeah. that, before that, I was really worried. That was my biggest concern about this Stanton Storm team. You know, yeah, that's a one in the positive manner. And, and you know, can they come out of 3C? I think it's really going to take, you know, seeding is going to be really important. They, mm-hmm. they, they need to get into a, like a two, three game. Probably it looks like Spotswood will be like a, a one seed if, if Stanton can get up to like that three seed, I think, and two B that could help them because then they kind of probably only need one upset to then get in that championship game, which they'll be going to state either way. I think that'll still be tough. I know, you know, we see how tight it was against Broadway. Yeah. Um, they lost to them earlier in the year. So like there's, there's that dynamic. Um, and, and then also, you know, we don't have a whole lot of, you know, what's coming from Lynchburg, that's going to cause them problems too. So it's loaded three C. I mean, that's what we're used to seeing. So, you know, I, I don't think it's, you know, States are bust for Stanton. I still think they're a very solid team. I think within that program, they probably have some of that mindset where we got to make the States, but I, you know, I, I will, I think I'm very impressed with what they've done this season and how they've dominated the district. I want to see how they stack up in this tournament. Now, now, now it's time for that. You know, we've, we've been doing these tests and these tests I I've done testing Stanton. It's time to like, let's get them in this two B tournament. Luckily, that's only two weeks away, so we don't have to wait too long. So uh, that, that's what I'm eager for. On the girls' side, uh, it's over. Buffalo Gap swept Stan- uh, swept Wilson. Every Wilson yeah. is second place, but they have three district losses. So Buffalo Gap would absolutely have to. I don't actually. I don't think it's mathematically possible at this point. I think it's over. I, um, I, I think it's over too. I, I mean, they have Fort Riverheads and Waynesboro. They're not going to lose to Riverheads or Waynesboro. Uh, Fort's the only team that presents some. But even if they they're lose all those beat, games, they're not going to be gap. Even if they're they lose all those games, the they have the same number of district losses as well. I guess it's the Shenandoah. Yeah, and then they have the it. tiebreaker with the two wins. Yeah. Well, but yeah. The, unless they've changed the rule again, because oh, yeah, last time it was like oh, some, yeah. I you know, we about share that. the district title because I don't know. Yeah. Well, in our hearts, they would still be uh, <laughs> the Shenandoah District champion if they beat the team they tied twice. They're not going to have to worry about that. They play Ford on Tuesday. That'll probably seal yep. it right then. Um, then they have Riverheads and Waynesboro who are sitting towards the bottom of the district. And this was just more of the same. I mean, this was a uh, 66-51 game. Gap got out ahead, held the lead. You know, that 
they just they take care of business. State state play, I feel like, is almost given right now for what they're going to see in one B. I just am not that concerned that they won't at least make it to that championship game and get make it to the state tournament. I, I'm at the point where I expect them to win one B. Yeah. I also think they're they're very much a contender. I think of all the teams in our area, boys and girls, this is the team that we're looking at most for. Can, can they win a state championship? And I think it's I think it's a very much on the table. And I'm excited about this run that they uh, potentially have in front of them. Yep, I, I I agree. I would be shocked if Buffalo Gap doesn't make it to the states. I we have a lot coming up with the with the two B and and three C tournaments. Um, you know, it's interesting this year with Fort and Riverheads being in two B. I know Riverheads not going to really play a uh, factor there, but what Fort Defiance is doing. You know, the girls have, have started getting the wins together. Also, that boy team, I always relate back to what Stuart Straft used to do in the postseason and really, you know, get stronger at the end of the season and surprise. I'm not saying they're going to come out of 2B. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, I think they're a dangerous team for someone sitting in the top of the bracket. If they, you know, as an eight seed or or something like that, that's not the kind of system, if you're a one or a two seed, that you want to have coming into your gym, you know, messing things up so you know whoever gets them just better be ready for what they have now there's videotape <laughs> there's nfhs networks a lot easier to watch now too you know like that shouldn't be a surprise these days this you know he's been doing this in the shenandoah district for over a decade now people shouldn't be that surprised i just that that is the thing i will remind people is that system used to cause a lot of people problems in the postseason so can they find an upset in the postseason? I don't think it'll push them to the next round or anything, but can they they sneak out a win somewhere? I just it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. <laughs> um, all right, let's jump to wrestling. I actually do have wrestling updates. We do have the Shenandoah district decided. Riverheads won that district as expected. Wilson second. Uh, Stanton third, which is, is hopping up for a little bit. Fort Defiance dropped down to fourth. Uh, Jake Yold is the wrestler of the year from Riverheads. He is a two-time defending state champion uh, from class one, and he'll be looking to win another individual state championship at class two. He'll also be looking at trying to be part of a team state championship as Riverheads playing in class two, and they'll be in region 2B, where there's Strasburg, who won state championship last year and is a winning, we know what they do in wrestling program. Riverheads has had a lot of success with them over the years. So that's what's going to be really fun to watch this coming weekend as the 2B tournament's going to happen. I think it's being hosted at Riverheads, if I read things correctly. So um, excited to see what's going to happen there. Can Yole win, win the region? What other guys can can do that? I mean, they He's the only returning state champion from Riverhead's team, uh, but a lot of other guys really played well or you know wrestled well last year uh, and then have done well all this year. So really something to watch this week weekend with the Region 2B um, as we move towards the state tournament that's going to happen in um, a couple weeks, uh, the weekend of February 16th. So uh, I think – you know, two of the best teams in the state in wrestling are in 2B. So I think this yeah. is going to be a really telling weekend on what we can hope for and, um, you know, have legitimate shots for in the state tournament for the, for the Riverheads team. Region 3C had their tournament down in Brookville this weekend. Wilson um, 
had uh, was the best of our local three C teams. Uh, they finished ninth, so they won't proceed as a team. You know, they don't have a, t- a shot for the team championship in class three. Uh, but they, I think, they have two wrestlers going uh, as individuals. I think Stanton's got a couple, uh, and Waynesboro has some. So uh, I think there's uh, nine, eight guys, eight local guys that are going to go uh, for the class three, excuse me, class three uh, state titles for individuals and see what they can do and what those add up to. So, uh, you know, we have good wrestling there. Yeah, we don't always have the greatest coverage until postseason, and that's why we finally have something to talk about here because we did get some uh, coverage here in the postseason, but definitely something we talk about these next couple weeks as we get through these region finals and state finals. You know, as a Riverheads guy, I'm, I'm excited that Riverheads doesn't just have Grundy sitting there out in front of them. You know, they, they have – you know, this is where Riverheads goes up to class two and might have a better shot at a state championship just because there's there's not Grundy just sitting there ready to dominate. So uh, I'm really anxious to see if uh, this is the year Riverheads able to kind of get over that hump. They've been top three for, I don't know, the last six years. And and so this could be the year they, they pop on up and win a state championship. I'm really hoping for that. Yeah, but as you said, I mean, even, even moving up, now the favorites in the state at class two the past few years have, been in your own region so now it's <laughs> yeah now it's, but, uh, but now i it's will say I, I do pair that with they've they've wrestled strasburg a lot in in tournaments uh no, during the regular fair. season that's last fair. few years and they have fared very well against them so like i'm not i'm not just sitting here worried about that you know maybe strasburg gets them yeah. maybe but i don't think there's this you know it's not the level of grundy dominance happening there so. right uh college basketball i'll ask you i didn't watch a ton of college basketball this weekend um, oh, I don't know if you curse words. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know if you watched the game Saturday, but I did. Oof. Yeah, we were up ten late. Uh, I mean, there's a game we were just kind of controlling. I don't say dominating, but just kind of seemed like we were in control every time Miami got it within ten. We'd kind of push them back, and it just felt like you know the other side of what we're usually in games that we lose. But then just late, we just fell apart and couldn't make shots and couldn't play defense and had stupid turnovers and missed, you know, free throws here and there that we shouldn't miss. I mean, uh, um, <laughs> I'm just blanking on our guard's name. Uh, Couture, Padula. Not Padula. He misses two at the free throw line late at a, at a time where, like, if he sinks those, it kind of stops the bleeding. Yeah. And uh, it just went on from there. We just really just handed that one away. Um, I don't know how much better Miami is than us. I, I didn't like either game we played against them this year. Uh, you know, Larenega is a good coach, and, and they they do have talent. I'm not trying to put them down. But I just think we're prob- we're in that same area as them. And um, I don't I don't know. They might not make the tournament either. Uh, they're only going to let three ACC teams in. There's going to be a lot of us that don't make it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're not going to be one. Just the way we're playing. We're, not, we're yeah. not there. We have to win these games. We have to take advantage of the opportunity against Duke. We have to beat Miami. We lose both of those this, this past week. And that was kind of our last breath of can we, you know, spin this into the right direction and get ourselves into the tournament and make a run. And that, that needed to be the first step of it. We didn't do that. So, so we're not going to be in. So what can we salvage out of the rest of this? What kind of hopefully NIT or something can we get in? Um, you know, that's that starts this week with Notre Dame and and they're not a great team. So we got to we got to win some of these down the stretch that we should win. Um, but yeah, back to your original question. It was it was as frustrating as the scorecard looks. I mean, yeah. we were we were up ten and then we lose by eight. That that tells you anything. Yeah, that's a tough 
tough outcome to have, right? Like that's and that's been my biggest yeah. problem with this team when I've told you before. Like I just the the bits I have seen and the box scores and the games I haven't, I'm like, okay, I mean, it just it doesn't seem like a tournament team. Um, but on the flip side, we told UVA fans not to panic about Tony Bennett, and uh, sure enough, they're I wish they would have they're off and running. Uh, I wish they would have fired him when they had the chance, you know? Yeah, that would have been nice. Uh, now they're <laughs> second in the ACC. Uh, they have Miami, and then they have at Florida State. Uh, but they I think they have Miami tonight. I think we shouldn't. We should actually oh, that's right. find all that. They were winning at halftime. Uh, but they should be uh, well on their way to being one of those three tournament teams in the ACC. So, yeah, UVA beat Miami tonight, sixty to thirty-eight. Mm. Woo! That's almost territory. They where should both fire teams. Bennett, though. I mean, that, that, that is almost guy. territory where both teams lose, though. That w- we were flirting with both teams losing that game. Mm. <laughs> but, but JMU uh, on the men's side, they're coasting. Uh, it, really, I, I think they've got the Sun Belt Max showdown with Akron coming up. Like that'll be. Yeah interesting to see where they stack up, but really it comes down to win the Sun Belt or you're not in the tournament. So. The Sun Belt. Yeah, this is where we get into repeat mode on the podcast because just these 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 teams that aren't in the power mm-hmm. conferences, you just, you just get to where you got to win the conference. Yep. So. Uh, let's talk women. Uh, I did watch this game too. The Tech one? Tech versus UNC, another you know, instant classic kind of game. It's, it's like the last six matchups with UNC. They've all been great. I think I've watched all of them uh, in the tournament a couple of years ago. It kind of feels like around maybe there was the first or second one of the series that's just been great. And that was just a just a crazy game. And then it, each one of them in this way, this one techs ahead. But UNC fights back legitimately. It wasn't as frustrating as giving up the lead like we did against uh, Miami. Um, it was just, you know, battling and they got in there forces overtime and then then we took over and that's what really that's what gives me a lot of confidence about this team is just the the ability to at just take over games and against good quality opponents like unc and and we've seen them do it other times i you know they they get in this mode where they just can't be stopped and and they they showed that against unc they they need that you got to make a tournament run you're gonna have to have moments where you you just got to dominate a game you just got to push the other team out of your way they did that in overtime really like seeing that this is part of this stretch for Virginia Tech where they got number three NC State on Thursday. And that that could kind of propel them back up to top seed kind of conversation, you know, upper seed conversation if they're able to knock off NC State here ahead of the ACC tournament. But also, you know, you got another game uh, against UNC coming. You got 16, number 16, Louisville, who's sitting on top of the ACC uh, still in front of you. And then, uh, yeah, Notre Dame is uh, at the end of the season there. So. Uh, it's a lot of opportunities for Tech to kind of reestablish that they're the top team in the ACC. Um, they're they're up there, and no one's saying they're they're far from that. Um, but they've just kind of been sitting one behind here for a while. They have their opportunity to go into the ACC tournament as a, as a one seed if they're able to win a lot down the stretch here. So that's that's what we're pulling for. But even if not, even if as long as they're a top four seed and get that double buy, they'll be sitting in position to to make some damage in the ACC tournament. And, you know, they performed well there before. So no reason to think that's impossible again. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for VCU, uh, it was a good week. They pounded Duquesne. Uh, Duquesne got close a little bit. 
toward the end of that game, but then Sarah Tibiasu knocked down a couple threes to put them to bed on Wednesday, and then Sunday against George Washington, it was VCU uh, from the tip. I mean, they won the tip off, won the first quarter, won the second quarter, had a massive lead at halftime. Third quarter, I mean, it was up to a 24-point lead at one point. They end up winning the game by 20, just thrashing George yeah. Washington. Nation's number one scoring defense, VCU, just continues to be great. Uh, they gave up the season average of 51, so I imagine they're still going to be the nation's number one scoring defense. Uh, the They had the number two three-point defense in the country. I imagine that might have a shot to get number one because George Washington from beyond the arc was – not great. Um, and then VCU, I mean, it, honestly, like their numbers, uh, they, they got some fresh players off the bench that don't normally get a ton of minutes in the game for the majority of that fourth quarter. So it brought some of the shooting percentages down. They were, I think 50% or higher, uh, from beyond the arc, uh, before the, the end of the game, uh, at one point in the fourth quarter at the start of the fourth quarter, I think. So they were just making everything. And, and that, for George Washington, I'm sure it was frustrating because they, they their leading scorer, who averages 16 points a game, was held to seven, and most of that was from the line. Uh, from the field, she didn't make shots. Uh, she didn't have a lot of space, and when she did, it was almost like she was surprised and kind of rushed a shot, and uh, the shots just weren't falling. VCU, though, did what they had to uh, and controlled that game from the tip, which, uh, yeah. since I have this podcast, I will now use it to uh, – Give you some VCU propaganda. Uh, they This is a really good team. In case you haven't been picking up on the VCU women's basketball updates, they're 19-3 and three overall. They're 8-2 and two in the A-10, uh, which is one off the lead with Richmond, St. Joe's, and George Mason. Now, all three of those teams are coming to Richmond still. So VCU very well could end up winning the A-10 regular season championship, getting that number one seed uh, for the A-10 tournament. And... Uh, so Valentine's Day will be the rival Richmond where there will be no love lost. And then a week later is St. Joe's, which is currently the number one team in the A-10. Uh, and then to close the season on March the 2nd, they would love to set the record. They are making a push to set the record for uh, highest attendance at a women's basketball game in VCU history for that game. That game could very well decide the A-10 regular season because both teams are at the top of the standings right now. Uh, that's on March 2nd at one o'clock. I believe, uh, I need to look, that might be a Sunday or a Saturday. Mm, hold on. It's that can't be right. March the 2nd. I was looking at the wrong day. March the 2nd is a Saturday. I was right. I was <laughs> in my head. I was like one o'clock March 1st. Nope. That can't be right. Um, but yeah, so Saturday, March the 2nd at 1 PM. Uh, if you don't have plans, come on down. Uh, I've been retweeting it, uh, but you can find it at VCUWBB on Twitter, or you can find me, Jodak5, on Twitter, uh, and uh, you'll see the retweets. I'll be posting it on there as well uh, for tickets to go to the game. It's super affordable to take a family down there. If it's just you and a buddy, take them down there and watch what has been a fantastic team, as I mentioned the nation's number one scoring defense. They force a lot of turnovers. They've got great guard play. The forwards down low are starting to get the scoring going too, which is a dangerous thing for other opponents in the A-10. So uh, come on out and support the Rams on March 2nd and see if uh, they can sell out the Seagull Center for a women's game. And I like what you're saying there for a, a team that's going to be a higher-seeded team. Um, a good way to avoid an upset is to keep the other team from 
scoring a bunch of threes on you. You know, that's how you see a lot of these NCAA mm-hmm. upsets happen as the other team gets hot from three. If you have a top three-point defense that that could really help keep teams at bay that that shouldn't beat you. And then, and then you got to score. You got to go from there. Um, but, you know, that's a good place to be strong in defense uh, as it gets the against the upset. I like that. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention about women's basketball while we're here, uh, Caitlin Clark, she's about to break the uh, scoring mark uh, for NCAA uh, career. Uh, Kelsey Plum owns that uh, record right now. She was a player from Washington not that long ago. In the, uh, she graduated in 17. Uh, she was number one pick in the WNBA after that. She plays for Las Vegas now. But she's 66. Caitlin Clark is 66 points away from that. She averages 32 Point four points per game. So either in two or three games, she's likely to, to break yeah. this. Uh, so they, they she plays Penn State this Thursday. Uh, I don't think she'll break it there. I don't think she'll get 66 in one game. But then at Nebraska on Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m. on Fox, that's just a really prime place for her to go ahead and do that. Uh, but if she doesn't get to that 66-point mark in those two games, she'll have Michigan next Thursday at 8 o'clock. I'm not sure the TV on that, but we'll talk about that if it's needed before then. But, you know, this is historic for women's basketball. The the impact she's had on this game, there's a lot of stars in women's basketball right now, but she's probably the most visible consistently uh, across the map. Um, And so tune in and watch her. Tune in and watch the other girls too. Watch LSU, watch South Carolina, watch the Hokies. But uh, watch Caitlin Clark too. I mean, yeah, I think you hear more about her than anybody else. So uh, might as well tune in Sunday afternoon while you're getting ready for the big game uh, to uh, to watch that. And so I'll I think I should be able to see that. I have a little league game at 3:50, so I'm hopefully going to watch the Iowa game, go do the little league game, and then be back for the Super Bowl. Uh, But uh, that should be. Who is the clown at the league office who scheduled a game at 3:50 on Super Bowl Sunday? It's fine. Everybody's going to be home by six. Everybody's good. Oh, my gosh. That is a person who has – i I'll admit it. I don't think that person has friends because to schedule a game at – I, I know who it is, so Monday, I'm not, I'm not going to talk trash. I get it. you got to <laughs> deal with them, but I don't. Like, you – if you've ever been invited to a Super Bowl party or, God forbid, hosted one, you know that that day is kind there, of spent doing that. There's other ways of looking at this, Joe. There's only so many hours in a weekend that you can get these little kids on the courts. And, uh, you know, on Sunday, they're, they're not starting until 1 o'clock. So what? everybody – that's that's how it is. No one's – everybody has their time in the morning to do what they need to do on Sundays. And then we have the games in the afternoons. On Saturdays, they play all day from 8.30. We've had that 8.30 game twice this year. All day they're playing. It'll be the same – this weekend, another thing that's hurting you, Joe, you have your head down. Riverheads is hosting a wrestling tournament this weekend. So I, there's right. no, there's not a lot of leverage here. Like you got to get the games in. Every kid signed up. They, they take the weekend off. They do what they got to do. There's they other take ways the weekend of off. Everybody, I'll be home by five. I'm good. There's, there's a game after me. They'll be home by six. It'll be fine. Everybody will be fine. You know, what's more important is your, your kid having the opportunity to learn this great game of basketball or watching pregame show for Super Bowl. I, I I'm fine. I, it's I'm fine not about the it's not about the pregame. It's about like if you're going somewhere, getting what you need to get together, and 
being prepared. Ahead of touch, you know, if, you if get you're hosting, that, if you're hosting, it's about being store. prepared when people come over and not walking through the door ten minutes before you know? your company arrives because some goofball was like, you know what, we really need to play on Super Bowl Sunday. Not, we can't not possibly. We can't possibly. It takes a lot of flack for scheduling every not other week schedule too. this week. I mean, so don't my have goodness, any games dude. this weekend just because there's a Super Bowl game. I tell you what, if you're lucky, there'll be snow flurries because then they'll cancel it. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I I understand the spark of your frustration. I think if you sit back and think about it for a second, there's some sense to it. There's not a game at six. To no be fair, during the Super Bowl. to be fair, I've had this criticism at JMU when they schedule games on Super Bowl Sunday for other stuff. They got there's I think they no. play Sunday. Yeah, I'm glad VCU plays Saturday. I have told people at VCU, I'm glad the game is on Saturday this year. Because in the past, it's been on Sunday sometimes. Virginia Tech women play Sunday at home at 1 p.m. Caitlin Clark plays at 1 o'clock. Yeah, if your name's not Caitlin Clark, though, know your role. (sighs) It's Super Bowl Sunday. You've gotten to on this. It's Super Bowl Sunday. (laughs) It's. It'll be okay. No, it won't. I bet all these people survive. This is what's wrong with our country. Um, but that little kids are playing <laughs> basketball in the afternoon ahead of the Super Bowl. Three fifty is late. Three fifty is late. I'll be off. That the is court. I'll puppy be bowl time. That's puppy bowl stuff. There. Uh, whatever. A puppy bowl. I'm checking something here real quick. There's NBA games on Sunday afternoon. Three yeah. o'clock. Bad Sacramento idea. Oklahoma City. Bad idea. I hope that arena's empty. I hope they lose money. I hope the Oklahoma City go bankrupt because they played a game on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, <laughs> okay. And this the game that you don't care about that you're going to hate watch? Isn't yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to hate watch this. And even I'm still sitting here going, that's a really dumb idea. Um, I just... I just, it's not that big a deal. It's just like you can get home and you can adjust your plans. You can you can prepare for wherever you're going to watch the game ahead of time. Go to the little league game. Like your kids are going to be watching Nickelodeon Splash Zone anyway, so you might as well let them get all their energy. You out, know what? The best I might the watch. I tell you and what. You watch a game at six. It's I sat. I sat on this podcast and said that was dumb. They shouldn't have that. But after I realized Tony Romo is going to be on the main broadcast, I might watch the Nickelodeon broadcast. <laughs> He's not going to be on that you one. You also told me, and this is what I've been waiting on, and I wasn't going to say anything, but you said the damn Toy Story one in October was going to outrate this Nickelodeon version that's going to get like, there's no <laughs> chance in hell that that's going to outrate. I this. hope it does. This is going to be on Nickelodeon, <laughs> actually on cable, not yeah. on streaming like there's no like that will outrate that easily just was the other one just streaming the toy story thing yes oh yes i seem to have forgotten that That yes yeah i knew it at the time just the whole time you're like yelling about i was like you're wrong but it's fine yeah i can't possibly be wrong uh (laughs) somebody else got it wrong yeah somebody didn't tell you enough information for you to be right let's check those numbers again (laughs) uh (laughs) Oh, uh, you know what? I'm going to stand by it until I, until the official numbers come out. Because all these kids that have little league basketball games. They're not going to be home watching Nickelodeon. They're going to be playing little league basketball. <laughs> they're going to watch. The they Super will Bowl. by six. They nope. will by the Super Bowl by nope. the time the game actually happens. I don't know what's wrong at four o'clock. Why we can't? We don't have to be at home at four o'clock. Oof. We don't have to be. Yes, you do. Um, show some respect. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the Super Bowl, I guess we should talk about it. 
Um, I don't know. I hate it. It's the Chiefs 49ers. It's going to be a good game. There's just no winner. I don't know. I guess I want the 49ers to win, but <sighs> I don't know. I don't know why I don't like the 49ers, if I'm being honest. I don't either. I that's just don't. What, that's what I've said, too. I get why I don't like the Chiefs. And it's not because of Taylor Swift. It's because Travis Kelsey was a jerk to the Ravens, and now I can't ever root for him. Um, and they're starting to get to Patriots territory if they're always in the Super Bowl. I, I they're wearing on me. I, I think I said this. They're wearing on me. This reminds me of the Warriors. Yeah, and the, like it reminds me of that. I, they're not done for me yet. Um, I I'll be okay. Whoever wins, like I'm not going to be like mad if the Chiefs lose. They were the underdog, so I immediately took them on some money. I have more bets coming. Spoiler alert. So I'll probably be diversified by the time game starts. Um, but I I don't know. I. I just am at the point and after seeing it this year, like I'm just not going to bet against Mahomes. I'm not going to be quick to just put all my eggs against Mahomes because he just makes it happen. It's one way or the other. We've, we've just seen it too many times. Yes. There's been a couple of times he hadn't made a Super Bowl in this last stretch. Sure. But like so many times more than not, he makes the plays it takes to happen. Even in some of those games where he didn't, they didn't win you know, he'll march them down the field in a minute 35 to get the score. And then all of a sudden the other team does come back and gets a field goal and they go to the Super Bowl. Like that's, he doesn't lose the game for you by any means. And he does a lot to win it. And so it's just hard for me to bet against him. And especially in a league that prioritizes quarterback play the way it does. When I'm looking at who's the better quarterback, I'm not, I'm not here to really trash on Purdy. Like, like people have been. But Mahomes is a heck of a lot better than Purdy. So I'm going to take the better quarterback with my initial bet, who's an underdog. I, You know, the Chiefs defense has really stepped up as of late. Um, I want to see the health chart on San Francisco on Sunday and make sure everybody actually is healthy for me to diversify as much as I probably will. I, I don't know. It's just I, I just keep coming back to I think the Chiefs are going to win. They might. I will say the Chiefs defense has been very bad against the run. And unlike the 49er or unlike the Ravens, the 49ers aren't going to abandon it because they don't want to throw the ball. That is not their recipe for success. They know that the Ravens, that hasn't been their recipe for success all year, but they wanted to, I don't know, prove a point to somebody and it blew up in their face. Well, the Bills did it too. The Bills went away from the run as well. Yeah, I, I don't know why the teams, it's working. I don't know why they've gone away from it. I would be shocked if the 49ers go away from it. I, I think Christian McCaffrey I, scores two touchdowns or more in this game. I I do think I I did bet the 49ers because of that. Like, I think they're going to win that game because of that. Now, everything you said about how can you bet against Patrick Mahomes, I hear it. I'm scared. But <laughs> yeah, I, I do think the, the 49ers are going to use the running game. And unless the Chiefs put like, nine guys in the box and just they're able to slow it down. And then Brock Purdy has to win the game. I don't know. That's what I think is going to be important from the chiefs perspective is, is kind of like Baltimore, get up early, like, you know, be the leading charge of scoring and make San Francisco chase you. So they're, they're going to have to go to the pass more often or be in those situations where we got to get this first it's third and seven. We got to throw, like you got to keep putting them in those situations. I know Chiefs have a history of doing the comeback. You're not going to want to do that against this team that likes to run the football. So I, I do think, you know, in the first half, I think we'll have a good idea of, of how this is going. I, I think 
Chiefs need to be up early if, if they're going to win this game. I don't, I won't have confidence in them coming back. Yeah. Um, well, um, we talked about yeah, it. I don't, last I, week. I, I don't have anything else to say about the game. I mean, we talked about the musical acts last week, so I, I got nothing. My wife's t-shirt came, so she's ready to celebrate halftime. Oh boy. All right. Um, <laughs> I hope she enjoys it. Uh, I guess it's D block time then. Uh, what is D block time? This is we're like an hour in, not even an hour in, probably. Oh, gosh, hold on. I'll Look at us. Exactly how far we're for in. those of you that listen every week for like an we're hour. We're not and even half. 40 minutes in. We are killing Woo! it this week. I can't wait to slow we it. We might be under an hour. <laughs> I can't wait to slow it down here in the D block. Um, <laughs> how much soccer can we talk about? Oh, uh, what's dominate my life? You want me to go since I have something written down? Yeah, I mean, I've I got things in my head, but yeah, go ahead. I. I'm going to say this, and I don't want to be attacked. I'm not worried from our listeners of attacking me. <laughs> but I'm going to say something controversial. Okay. I see. What I heard about this Barbie movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't let our daughter see it initially because we just weren't sure of the content. Sure. We watched it. That wasn't as big of an issue as that we were worried about. Okay. But we paid a lot of attention to what we heard about this movie and the ideas of, uh, you know, female empowerment and calling out, uh, you know, the world run by men. Fine. That's good. With two daughters, I, you know, I want them to, uh, you know, to have that called out and, 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 and re- reinforce the strength that they can be in this world. So I've taken that in for what, six months, whenever the movie came out in June or July or whatever it was, I've, I've taken that in and that's great. I finally watched the movie now and I'm going to say the messaging is fine. I'm comfortable with the messaging. Nothing to holler about there. The movie itself is bad. It's not good. There's that one moment in the movie where I'm like, this reminds me a lot of the ladies man, uh, which was a movie that's very much the opposite message yeah. uh, from the mid nineties, a Saturday night Live movie. But when Will Ferrell is leading a pack of men marching down the street to go chase down something that's very much happens in the ladies man. And it had that humor throughout the movie of the ridiculousness, the, um, I don't know. It just, ha- it, it, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a movie reviewer. I'm, 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 I'm closer to, uh, uh, this, this film is bad. Like that's all I really have, okay, yeah. but it just, I know a lot of it is done in jest and it's kind of, you know, being, make it, being humorous to make the point. I, I got all that outside of that. There's a lot of bad humor and it's, there's a lot of, this is a Will Ferrell movie uh, aspect to it. It starts a lot better than it finishes. It's, um, you know, I, Margot Robbie, I thought did great pulling it off. Um, I thought early, the messaging was very straightforward. The leaps that you kind of have to take with this imaginary world and real world, like, those don't happen in a good quality movie. <laughs> like that's like, it just feels like we've taken a comedy spoof that had a really good message in there and propped it up because of the really good message. And the really good message is fine. And I'm not, that's not what I have a problem with it. But when you, when you take that message out, it's just, it's just a bad, ridiculous comedy movie that like exaggerates to an annoying degree, uh, even beyond what is making the point. So I, I just thought it was bad and I was very underwhelmed. And for a movie that was like nominated for a lot of good stuff up until the Oscars, I see why it's not nominated for best picture announcement because it's not very good. 
Um, wow. I can't believe Ryan Gosling's nominated for some kind of acting in this. It doesn't make sense to me. I thought, and, and to, to his point, I thought Margot Robbie pulled it off better than he did. Um, so that's fine, but Margot Robbie's going to have her other opportunities and, and, in real movies. I, I'm not going to bang on her for making this movie either. I think that messaging is going to pull in a lot of the celebrities that were in it are there because of the messaging that movie was trying to promote. Gotcha. But like, let's, let's get off the hype train that's saying this is some kind of great film and some kind of monumental thing and some kind of centerpiece of female empowerment because behind the messaging, it's not a good movie. So there's that. That's a take. I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I can't comment on it. Uh, like you just, I'm not worried you know, about our audience really attacking me on this. Yeah, it's probably not something you're worried about here. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen it. I did watch The Holdovers. Is that one that you had watched? Uh, it's on my list. I want to watch okay. that. Okay. I, see, good. I got on Peacock at some point this weekend, and I watched it. I, I liked that. That was yeah, okay. It's on my list. Um, but I haven't seen Barbie, so. Um, I really wouldn't waste your time. Okay. I mean, I, it'll probably end up on Max at some point. You've heard the hype. I mean, it's already streaming for free. Oh, that's it's right. It is on Max. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just, you've heard the hype. You've heard the messaging and like the good that people took from that. Hold on to that. That's fine. Like, I guess I'm waiting for Peacock to get, I guess I'm waiting for Peacock to get Oppenheimer so I can do the Barbenheimer that I didn't do in theaters. Um, I think that's February 14th or somewhere, somewhere right around there. So yeah. I'm looking for Oppenheimer too. Uh, I'll go. What's dominating my life has been, uh, honestly, like there was a point last week where I almost texted Leland, like, I think we need to do a special episode, uh, because, oh yeah, dude, I forgot all about that. We should have talked about it sooner. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday, the Orioles sold and I've been very good. I have sat on this. We did the local stuff because that's what we do. Um, (laughs) but yeah, this will get us over an hour. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it will. That's why I was like, I said I couldn't wait to grind the gears here in the D, the D block. Um, but yeah, the Orioles sold on Tuesday. Uh, David Rubenstein has bought the team, bought Masson um, from the Angelos family. Uh, I think it, it officially, like they get the rest of the, they, they bought a controlling stake. Now they'll get the rest of the team uh, when Peter Angelos dies. Um, so... Like, and that's just tax, a tax issue, not like <laughs> for tax reasons, a power sure. issue. Great. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. And then Thursday, uh, we trade for Corbin Burns and we give up yeah. DL Hall and Joey Ortiz, both very good prospects. None of them top five. And honestly, like for me, like the Brewers make that trade thinking DL Hall is going to be a starter and maybe he will be. I don't know. We've we've developed pitchers since this regime has come in. D.L. Hall wasn't one of them. Like, when he was a starter, he struggled. When he was in the bullpen, he was great. Starter, struggle. So, I don't know. Maybe it'll work for the Brewers. Maybe it won't. Joey Ortiz is a guy who has some pop in his bat. I hope it doesn't. Um, But Joey Ortiz has some pop in his bat, but uh, he's now a Brewer and not an Oriole. Um, We we keep Jackson Holiday. We keep Connor Norby. Connor Norby was the guy I thought we would see dealt um, in a deal like that, but we kept him. We got Corbin Burns, who really bolsters our rotation, because now we have a rotation of uh, Corbin Burns, Kyle Bradish, John Means, Grayson Rodriguez, and it would appear Dean Kramer being the fifth guy. With Tyler Wells, either a, a spot starter for John Means, who I'm sure at some point will get hurt or need an innings limit as he comes back from an injury, or um, 
or he's into the bullpen, which is fine too. Um, and, and that helps our bullpen. I would like to see us add another bullpen arm if I'm being picky. Uh, but my, my first reaction when that trade went through was, wow, I'm new owner, two days deal done. And of course the official word is, Oh, this deal's been worked in, you know, we've been working on it for, for a while. Yeah, this, the GM's this been is there, just, yeah. this is just a coincidence. Let me tell you that that's fine. They may have been talking about this, but let me tell you, Leland, that trigger didn't get pulled until $1.7 billion came in because Corbin Burns is now the highest paid Oriole, topping Chris Davis. So that, that for the, and I'm talking about for the year, Chris Davis is going to make $14 million this year to not play for the Baltimore Orioles. Corbin Burns is going to make $15 million, and he's now the highest paid player on our team for this year. So I, I don't buy that. I don't. That, that's fine. I, I'm going to have a celebration. Uh, that is not going to be related to Peter Angelo's dying. Uh, it'll just be a coincidence. Um, so that's fine. I get it, I guess. But th- th- that's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. It's like when I was a child, me doing stuff for my parents without being asked had nothing to do with the fact that I was about to ask them if I could have money to go to the movies later. That was just a coincidence. Um, yeah, I don't believe them. Uh, like, that's fine. There was no way that deal was getting done because Johnny Angelus was probably going to look at it every time it got brought to his desk. He's like, well, $15 million. You want me to pay for it? I, we have to pay these people? What? I thought the most we could pay somebody. I thought the most I told you we could pay somebody was Chris Davis at $14 million. Everybody else has to make $5 million or less. Like, Johnny Angelus is such a penny pincher. And that's the other thing. Some, some people are saying, wow, the, the Angelus family only got $1.7 billion. Thought they would get more for that. Wow, they kind of they kind of got a raw deal. Great. Then I already love the Rubenstein deal because that means he's screwed over the mm-hmm. Angelos family, who I don't want anything good to happen to them. I'm glad they sold the team. Thank goodness. Now get the hell out of Baltimore. Go back to Nashville and get the hell out of the way. I don't ever want to hear it. That was the other thing. Oh, he's still going to be, you know, <laughs> a valued member. He's a consultant. I'm telling you, I don't even want him consulting the kind of toilet paper they use in the stadium. Yeah. Where's the fire exits? Yeah. I don't even want, I don't even want, I don't even He can that. come consult no, I, me after I use the bathroom about the smell. That's, that's it. Like, <laughs> I don't care about his opinion on anything. I love this for you. I love this for the Baltimore fans. I relate this because of living in this area and so many of the overlapping of this. I relate it to the commander's sale. And, and the Washington football team, you know, being sold there and, and what that meant. I think that was recognized on a national basis a lot more because of football and how visible Dan Snyder himself was. You know, when you talk about Jerry Jones, Dan Snyder was soon behind being mentioned. You know, the Angelos didn't really get that national interest quite the same. Uh, but I think locally, I think it's very comparable. And uh, the relief that Orioles fans have is there across the board. So I like it. And, you know, like I, I support the Orioles. I'm not, I don't say I'm an Orioles fan. I'm, I'm a fan of my team, but you know, I support them. I'm not against them. I've been rooting particularly last year uh, for your happiness. I feel like I do need to remove myself from the wagon because like it, it's too real now. Like now it's just easy to no, come you know, on. Be on. It's that fine. Wagon. It's fine. You're, you're welcome. No, it's fine. I'll let you're you welcome. have it. I'll let you. Last year, I was hoping for that magical run to the end. I'll let you have this it. This like, year, we might get it, dude. I, I'm telling you, you right now, it. I folks, I, I, please bear with me. 
you're going to hate me at the end of the year. Yes. Yeah. You're going to hate me by opening day. You're going to hate me by opening day. Yeah. You're going to hate me by opening day because honestly, (laughs) I, the group text immediately, as soon as the ownership deal, I was like, wow, this is awesome. And then as soon as we got Corbin Burns, I was like, yo, football's lame. Football's dumb. (laughs) You know what? There's youth basketball that needs to be played. I don't even think we should be playing the Super Bowl. It's you were talking about it today. I don't even know if we should play the Super Bowl. We should move the Super Bowl to just cancel it. It's not it's not worth it. There's so much going on in the world. Can we fast forward to baseball? Like, let's just start baseball today. Like, I am so ready at this point. And normally it's like, yeah, you know, uh, okay, when it gets here, it gets here. Uh, Hopefully we do. okay. (laughs) But now, like, this influx of money, these owners make money outside of the team, which the Angelos family also didn't do. So, like, we're going we're gonna to sign people. We're going to sign people. I think it's the fourth richest owner I read somewhere. It's the fourth richest ownership group oh. in Major League Baseball now. So we're going to spend some bleeping money. And, Adley, and, and even Gunner, if it's just a face. Let's go. Cal Ripken Jr. is involved. Even if it's just a face. Yeah, Cal Ripken. Yep. Cal Ripken Jr. is involved. There's some other uh, athletes involved and local legends that are involved. This is awesome. This is awesome. I love every time I learn something else out about the deal, I love it. Like, it's only good news. It, it's amazing. I, I love it. Um, they bought Mass in. Great. Because I, I, I don't want John Angelus to get any money, ever. I want him to be, I want him to die penniless. That's my, now, he's got $1.7 billion, so it might be hard to do. But, I hope he loses it. I hope he invests it in something and it crashes. Um, and so honestly, if Angels, we had an economic you downturn. You the Angels to open the season and then Kansas City and then the Pirates. So not exactly. I mean, I, I think that's 9-0. I think you got to start 9-0. I, look, I, I said it and my brother <laughs> said the last time you said this, it didn't go well for us. But I, I honestly said, I was like, what if we go 162-0? Like... <laughs> Let's be real. The Yankees suck. <laughs> and the Tampa Bay Rays, they've got a lot going on. Um, they're going to be good, but they've got a lot going on uh, with, you know, someone might be going to jail there. Uh, but the Toronto so, Blue I mean, Jays. Angels, you open up with Angels, oh, Royals, Pirates. That's, I mean, the Royals spent some money today. Can be. The Royals spent some money today locking up Bobby Witt Jr., which was yeah, they got Bobby Witt there, but he was going to be there anyway this year. That's why. No, no, but they, I like that they committed to him. It's one of those eight-year deals, and they don't really start paying him for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and then he has some out years in the middle, and that's different than some of these long-range contracts. If he's really tearing it up, he can opt out, um, but he'll have a lot of money sitting in front of him anyway. And then the last couple of years, the deal is a team option. So uh, it's it's a little weird done. I don't think for the Royals it's a bad thing. Some people were throwing hate at it. I didn't I didn't understand. I think they just see eight years and people throw hate at it. The way it's built, I think both both sides of that Royals wit deal have have their opportunities to make it not hurt as bad if it, if it's not going well. The Atlanta Braves do the same thing. How's that working out? Like for yeah, it's working. Like that's my point. Yeah. Like not every deal is Padres dumb. Like it's not. Padres, we're going to throw just an infinite or amount of cash. That Arenado deal was bad. Yeah. It, well, Arenado's good. It's just the Colorado He's Rockies good, but it wasn't traded like him. They had to unload him. Well, yeah, because they can't afford him. I do, there was the, no options in it. The Kansas ever. City Royals are like, they have, they're starting to build something there because they have Vinny Pascatino, yeah. who had a great year too. That's a former mm-hmm. Valley League guy, actually. Um, 
he he had a good year. And so with him and Bobby Witt Jr. as like the focal points to build around, like that that team could eventually build into something. And they're in the AL Central, which is a tire fire. So yeah, um, anybody can win that division. Anybody. Yeah. So I, I now back to the Orioles because that's who matters. Um, yeah, it, it's great. Like we get a new ownership group. They're they're going to be willing to spend money like locking up Adley, Gunner, uh, Grayson, like. Man, I, I don't even care if we don't make big splashes in free agency. Like, it, it would be great if we did. But, like, if we lock up this young core that we have, like, we're drafting well and we're developing well. And if we keep that up, we don't need to go be the Yankees. We don't need to go spend hundreds of millions of dollars on Juan Soto. Like, that's that doesn't need to be our plan for success. We can build the farm system. We can trade pieces to get other pieces that we need, like a Corbin Burns. We still got the top part of that prospect group. We're still the number one farm system in baseball. I, that's the best part about all this. We get Corbin Burns. We're still the number one farm system in baseball because we didn't give up any top five prospects. Um, yes, and, and there are some people like, oh, Corbin Burns, he's going to want a lot of money. I don't know. It's only one year of team control. Who, that is what they sound if like. I yeah. win the, if we win the World Series, do you think I give a bleep? Corbin Burns could go play for the Yankees next year. If we win the World Series, I don't care. Okay. I mean, I agree. I don't care. I, no, no, no. I don't say, okay, like you're wrong. I say, okay, if you win a World Series, I don't give a crap what's happened in the past. Like, it's all been working. Yeah. It, it, like, I don't care. I, uh, yeah. I, and I've said this about – I've said that – I think I've made this argument other times and you've – disagreed with me a, a touch more. I think we had it about Baltimore and like, you only got to win one Super Bowl. You only got to win one world series to make a lot of bad decisions, a lot of risky decisions worth it. Yeah. Like it, it just changes the whole dynamic of, of everything. And I think it's easier to agree with that when it is your team, but like it's, it's true across the board. So I, yeah, absolutely. If you win a world series in the next anytime ever, but especially the next three or four years, I mean, who, who cares what you did to get it? At some point, they might have to sell though all those players you talk about not getting rid of and the next ones that are coming in, they might have to unload people some August because they really have their real shot to win it and they're going to need some. And you do it. You do it. And if you get it done, it'll have been completely worth it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And people are, you know, there are some, most of Orioles Twitter is very happy about this. Occasionally, you run into somebody who's just trying to be Debbie Downer and is just like, well, the Dodgers. I'm like, dude, the Dodgers haven't been in the World Series every year. The Dodgers won in the World Series this past year. You think I care about the Dodgers? We won't even play the Dodgers until the World Series. You think I give a bleep about the Dodgers? I'm looking over oh, the Texas they're, Rangers. They're saying it's bad because of the other teams? No, shut I'm, up. I'm looking over yeah, at the that's Texas terrible. Rangers. That's, I'm more worried about the Texas Rangers and the Seattle Mariners and the New York Yankees and the Toronto Blue Jays. That's who I'm worried about. I'm And the Tampa Bay Rays, like, I'm not worried about the L.A. Dodgers. If we get past, if we win the AL East again, now, maybe given the playoff format, it's better if we win the wild card. But if if we get into the World Series, I then I'll worry about the L.A. Dodgers if they're there. I'll worry about them then, or I'll worry about the Braves That's or one whoever. team in the like, National League. Who cares? Yeah, I, I, I love what we're doing. We're we're at least making the moves. Texas Rangers. We are making moves that make us World better. Series. Why not you? Why I not agree. you? I agree. We're making moves. They played Arizona in the World Series. What <laughs> yeah, are we a wild about card team. For? Yeah, we we won a hundred over a hundred games last year and we're making this team better, which is what my concern was in the off season before the team sold 
that we wouldn't. We would just sit here and we'd look around the room and go, gosh, hope Jorge Mateo has a great year. Hope Cedric Mullins stays hot. Hope hope these overachievers keep overachieving. Let's pat ourselves on the back and let's all hope it goes well. Like while we look around and some teams in the division are getting better. Now we're getting better. We're we're getting better. Aaron Boone's already crapping himself. He's like, well, I don't wanna the Orioles are now a team we've got to worry about since they got new owners. I'm like, yeah. That that guy having Did a job. Did he really say that? Did he oh, really say that? Yeah. That dude needs to go. I hate him. That guy having a job's a bit of an upset. Yeah, any job, even on TV, when he's not a manager, like that's wrong. Too. I mean, don't like, get me wrong. He, I hope the Yankees the give him a lifetime that you contract. You have sent to the bridge to go underneath. Oh, I haven't sent him to, to a bridge. Nice little box. Uh-uh. Aaron Boone deserves a box. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He deserves that dugout right there at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. <laughs> That's where he should stay. They should give him a lifetime deal. But yeah, the Dodgers haven't been in the World Series since 2020 when nobody yeah. could come to the game. Yeah, like well, that's what they're worried about. Where are the Braves? That's you know what, what that sounds about. like to me, Leland? It sounds like they need fans not to be in the stands. It sounds like a COVID bubble deal. That's the only reason they got to the World Series. If it wasn't for that, they wouldn't have ever made it. The Yankees haven't been in a World Series forever. Isn't that great? That's why if we won it, it and Corbin great. Burns went to the Yankees and Yankees fans were like, ooh, we got Corbin Burns. Ooh, look at how many rings the, we won. The then, Mets. The Mets have been in a World Series since the Yankees have. When someone starts, the Yankee fans are the best at this. Like, just start talking about the number of championships they've won. When they start talking about the past as much as they did, tell them to wake up or call them a boomer because they don't matter. What have you done for me lately? Suck and disappoint. 2009, last time they were in a World Series. The last time the Yankees were in a World Series? Yeah. They won that one, didn't they? Yeah, but it was 2009. Yeah. Joe Girardi was the manager. And then they fired him. The Mets. The Mets have been in a World Series since then. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. Good times. Love it. Um. All right, what else you got? Uh, well, the other thing you do have that highlighted and I don't hate that, but, oh uh, yeah. Cause I'll tie the other one into your thing. The world cup scheduling came out. Uh, the U S is playing their group stages on the West coast. If they get to the knockout stage, that's when it starts moving East a little bit for them. Um, I think the final is in, uh, MetLife stadium. So that'll be, you're cool. talking about the USA team. Yeah. The USA team's out West. They're L.A., Seattle, L.A. Yeah. Then if they get to, to the knockout round, games. it starts moving east. The, the World Cup yeah. final is at MetLife Stadium in, like, New, New yep, Jersey. Yep, 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 yep. Um, I didn't fine. see how few, like, there's only two Canadian venues and only three Mexican venues. I thought there was going to be more mm-hmm. Mexican venues than that, so. No, that was part of the – It's the we're joint, just hosting this thing. Yeah, the joint deal was the U.S. is going to get the bulk of this, and we're going to include these other countries, so yeah. it is more a, more palatable for everybody else in the world. Like That's fine. That's, that's fine. Whatever. Like, cool. I mean, like, the Mexican fans will love it. Like, that's fine. They're right there. That's good. Yeah, Mexico's going to play their go, games go. in Mexico, I believe, and Canada will play their games in Canada, I think. Um, yeah. But – and like the, uh, the what's best about this is the time zone. We don't have we don't have to battle this yeah. four a.m. stuff. Like yeah. that's super. I am excited about that. Um, but also, like, I don't know. 
as as excited I as as I am about the Orioles and loving it, like the U.S. Men's National Team is kind of the opposite because I'm like, okay, well we've got an idiot as our coach. Like, yeah, that's what I don't get. It's like uh, uh, Lexi Lawless was like. The World Cup final played down just the road from Baralta's hometown. Baralta's like, hometown. He's going to be playing. I'm like, a, I'm like cool. This then is he not can, relevant. Like, then he can go back to his hometown because he's not going to be playing in the game. Like he's not going to be coaching yeah, the like, game. I, I mean, what kind of question? If his I opener, hope make if it the opener the was stage. down the road, I'd kind of get that. But like the finals, that like in no in no weird like that's not even like we could have a pretty darn good World Cup. We're not going to be in the final. Like no. it's just it's it's irrelevant. Not with him. Like, we're not that. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I we it would take a we're really special that. coach to to get us to the final. But uh, yeah, in two years, we're not that. Like we're not gonna be oh, that. What a we're fool. like, what a fool. It was a dumb thing to say out loud. We didn't make. Did we didn't make the last World Cup, right? No. No. Yes, yeah. we did. Like so, what are we yes, talking we did. about? Yeah, we did. We lost to the Netherlands in the knockout stage because we played uh, an actual team, that, an actual make. coach. That. The, the Netherlands did this crazy thing where they had their best players on the field, and we chose. To oh, do that. that's a good idea. They we should try that. Yeah, but we probably won't do that in, in our own World Cup either, so our fans can watch us get absolutely clowned at home. I'm glad that they're going to play all three games on the West. I hope we if we don't make it out of the group stage, Greg Burholter deserves to be shipped, put it on a cargo ship, and just put out in the Pacific Ocean, and they just sink it out there, <laughs> like that. He's not a good coach. And, and eventually, U.S. soccer is going to have to, like... But this is the thing, right? Like, they have to want to get better themselves. And they don't want to do that. They want to go with the guys who are going to be like, yeah, MLS is great. Let's let's pick MLS players because we want to develop the MLS. That's the most important thing for U.S. soccer. What's more important for U.S. soccer is to be freaking good. These other countries don't do this stupid BS. They, they care about the World Cup. They want to win the stupid thing. I understand. That's a lofty goal for the United States. I understand. But it's always going to be a lofty goal if you don't take measures to actually accomplish the goal. If you're just sitting there worried about the MLS, who gives a bleep about the MLS? The MLS is never going to be the Premier League. It's never going to be the Bundesliga. It's never going to be Syria. It's never going to be La Liga. And I got news for you. The Saudis have more money than you, you stupid idiots. So they're going to buy players more than you can. So just give up on this stupid dream that we want to make the MLS equivalent to the European leagues. That's a dumb goal. You play at the wrong time on the calendar. You play in a completely different part of the year than they do. You know why? Because you're not the same. It's okay. MLS can be this secondary thing. You can get players from MLS and put them on the national team, but it's not our best players. Our best players go play in Europe. You know why? Because they can make more money over there, and that's where the better players are. Embrace that. Don't push it away like some kind of bunch of it's like the UFL, the XFL, USFL, now the UFL. Yeah. They embrace that they're not the NFL, that yes. they're the springtime league, that they're the alternate uh, you know, alternate time. It's the the secondary player like they embrace that and that's why they're going to have a chance to survive. I mean, if they tried to be the NFL, they'd never survive, period. Um, like you yeah, you got to do that. That's your only route to success. It would be like it would be like if the US hockey federation was like we don't want the nhl players that would be a really dumb thing to say out loud it's like if the u.s basketball association said we don't want our best nba players that would be a really dumb thing it's why other countries don't turn down the best athletes the u.s soccer federation thinks it's great a great idea because we want to help D.C. United, go be premier suck sauce. 
in MLS and make the MLS like slightly less sucky. But I don't care about the MLS. I will never care about the MLS. I care about the U.S. men's national team competing on the world stage. And if that means our players are going to play in Europe, that's great because that's where the best players in the world are. And if you want to try to throw money at the problem, you don't have more money than the Saudis. So that problem is already going to blow up in your face. Like, give up on this stupid-ass pipe dream that we're going to make MLS equivalent to the Premier League. You might as well be the same people that go down in the Ocean Gate submarine and just have that implode on yourself. Because it's that plan is about as well put together as that submarine was. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Shifting. Uh, what I know that you need to know, uh, the college football playoff, the conferences that are involved in that are meeting right now. This was preceded with um, the Big Ten and SE, kind of SEC having uh, some kind of handshake, some kind of agreement that they're going to operate in, in unison. And uh, this is what Joe has been warning us all about. This is the problem. With the Big Ten and SEC going to these meetings and say, hey, we see this 12-team playoff. Obviously, you know, six conference champions, the Power Five, and then the, the one non-Power Five, six champions having the – you know, we need to get rid of that because the Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore because, you know, we killed it. Week, we ruined it. And, uh, you know, the Big 12 is not what it used to be, and we, we all know what the ACC is. So let's just go 12 best. You know, let's just kind of keep it the same as what we're doing with the te- with the four teams, and we'll just uh, put the best teams in this thing and seed it that way. And let's go. That's what's about to happen, guys. Like that's what's these these conferences are going to go in there, unless you just bow down to every other demand they have as they get there, and they still might do this. They're they're just at some point going to pull and say, "Hey, do it this way, or we're just going to go have our own playoff. We'll do what we want. The SEC and Big Ten will just do their own thing. No one's going to care about whatever you're doing." So you better just do what we say. This is what Joe Deck has been warning us all about. So what Leland's nodded about the whole time he says it. So it's not, you know, crazy, Joe. You know, it made sense. This is where we're at. We're right here, right now. This playoff, as it stands, is only committed to through two more years. They're there to make decisions beyond that right now. And they could just blow it all up right here, right now. And ESPN and Fox are not going to really have a problem as long as they can cover big 10 and sec teams, the network, the conferences, those networks are already associated with. If they can cover that, whatever they're going to do after that, they'll go along with whatever they'll be fine. So watch out, watch out. Now, what I hope is that there's some sanity for the betterment of the entire deal here that near the same money, you know, equivalent money can be made with all of us here. I hope the SEC and Big Ten leaders can 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 find that in there somewhere. Like, we're going to make the same kind of money either way. Let's just, like, keep this bigger bubble here. Because if they don't have to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. heads up, college football fans. They can ruin this whole sport right now with this. And, I mean, there's how many different things are attacking this sport from being what we love right now? I mean, there's there's this. There's the college football playoff. There's um, Virginia and Tennessee in a lawsuit 
about the NIL deals. Oh, yeah. There is what you sent me today, Joe, and I know you want to talk about it, Dartmouth players being considered employees of Dartmouth so they can't unionize. And that's going to like every different direction. They can now because they're employees, they can. Yeah, the, the reason they sued was they want to be classified as employees so they can unionize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I said it the wrong way. Yeah, I, I apologize. Yeah. Yep. So, th- and that's going to be appealed, but so that's not a done deal yet. But yes, the court, the National Labor Review Board, uh, or National Labor Relations Board, I don't remember what it stands for. Um, NLRB made the ruling that Dartmouth basketball players are employees of the university, which of course opens up a real Pandora's box if that stands in court, because then those football players are employees of the university. And the basketball players are employees of the university. All of a sudden, NIL doesn't matter because employees are free to go. And transfer rules don't matter because employees are free to go when and wherever they like. Uh, Which has its benefits, has its downsides. Um, And you can pay them as much as you like. Yeah, you can pay them as much as you like then, too. So, yeah, yeah, it's... um, and there's a lot to talk about because, as you said, there's a lot attacking this sport. I, and here's the thing. The SEC and the Big Ten getting together for this college football playoff, if they break away, that's not killing just college football. That's going to kill college athletics. College athletics yeah. will change drastically. Uh, I think three to four, if this NLRB thing goes through, you're, we're looking at a different thing. We're, college sports will be different from what we see it as today. In three or four years, it will be unrecognizable. Like it, It's yeah. going to be vastly different it's my fear with this big 10 sec having their own talk to to solve the problem of college athletics because they really care about college athletics and not the big 10 and sec um it, you know they really care i'm sure they're super devastated about what happened to florida state this year um but at some point there's gotta what's gonna save that is if someone can convince them of a way they can make more money by not breaking away because then they'll be it. That's what they'll do. Like, it won't be any question. It won't be any decision-making. Oh, more money, more money, more money. We've talked I about this before. I, there's a bubble there. And I think if you separate, yeah. right, with the Big Ten and the SEC, and you say, okay, we're going we're gonna to do our own thing. We're just going to separate from everybody else. Okay, that's what? 32 teams? It's 16 in each, right? Or is it 20 in each? I don't know. Right now, yeah. They, everybody projects if they do that, they're going to they're, they're add some teams. But, yeah. Okay, let's say they do. Let's say they add yeah. 20 teams so 48. or yeah. go 24 teams. Yeah, and make 48. That's still yeah. only 48 schools around the country. You know why college sports are popular? Because there's more than 48 colleges in this country that people attend. Right. That have something to play for in these sports. Right. Or there's those communities around the country that have. And, and, no, and these for. schools are very, you know, this is the SEC and Big Ten. While they have now gone coast to coast now. You know, it, it is very centralized in the southeast and, and the Midwest and, and headed towards the northeast. Like, you're going to have a couple spots out west. You're going to have a couple between here and there. And then it's going to be very centralized in those two locations. Like, a sport that's already kind of considered regional sport will only become more regionalized. Yep. It, it's going to be, it's going to, I do think. It's already do doing that. that. With the Pac-12 gone, it's already doing that. But I, I do think if they do this, like, you're going to kill college sports popularity like it's just gonna be it's gonna be what happens out of this i i maybe in the short term they make a lot of money right off the bat 
But then people are going to become disenfranchised. It's going to be the same schools. It's going to be the same parts of the country always represented. They're going to get bored. They're going to shut it off because, hey, that school I went to no longer matters. Why am I going to go see that? And then so then that college athletics program may, by the way, have to shut its doors completely or really cut back on the number of sports they offer. And so when that happens, then you've got less college athletics going around. And then maybe these schools get fan bases that follow them, but probably not. And and so at a certain point, that college can only take so many kids. And there's only going to be so many alumni that can go to that school. And and so I think it's a dangerous game they're playing. I, I would hope somebody would sit them down and say, hey, think about what you're doing. Think about why people love college sports. Spoiler alert, it's not because it's a, a better product than the NFL. It's not. It's not because some guy in the state of Maine really that has no attachment to Ohio State University just really loves watching Ohio State University go out there and club everyone like a baby seal. The guy in Maine loves Maine University. Maine University doesn't matter now. But the guy in Durham loves Duke because he went to Duke. Or the guy, the guys in Virginia that went to Blacksburg to go to college love Virginia Tech because they went to Blacksburg. Or they have family that went to Blacksburg. Or they have friends that went to Blacksburg. If that game doesn't matter anymore, they turn the TV off. They don't tune in every Saturday. It doesn't become a habit. And when it stops becoming a habit, you stop watching. Yeah. That's the that's I, the danger they run into here. It's why the and the whole like 12 teams on oh, the regular season is not going to matter. Here's how you make the regular season matter and this is how you curtail if you're the other conferences, maybe the Big 10 and SEC split. Maybe they don't. What you're about to say is never going to happen. No, because the other conferences don't have the fortitude to do this. But you say, okay, you get two at-large bids per conference. That's the max. The regular season really matters still. Because you have six conference champions. So that's Big Ten, SEC, Big 12, ACC, and then two other conferences. You got to win that conference championship if you want to, if you want your spot guaranteed. Then you've got six at-large bids. Yeah, I, I, it's a lovely idea. It, it, they're not going to do it because the SEC had two at-large bids in a forty in in the uh, New Year's Six this year. Like, they're they're not going to limit themselves to that. No, I agree. But the other conferences, they'll go play their own game. The other conferences so, have like, more votes. That's the other. Hard. That's I mean, the part so that's tough. frustrating. The other conferences have more votes. They just don't want to use them because they're worried. Right. Well, what if they break away? What if they break away? Yeah, I don't know. It tears I the don't. whole system down is what happens. If they break away, it tears the whole system down. It Man. tears the whole system down, but, like, the, the last one standing is going to be them. Maybe. And maybe it opens up a Pandora's box of lawsuits, and then this gets settled in, a legal, in the legal because system, which I don't necessarily hate. If, it, if that's what it takes to curtail the greed of the Big Ten and the SEC, it takes these other conferences getting together and saying, and they, ESPN and Fox and CBS. Oh, well, they would ESPN be named in the Fox lawsuit. They would yeah. be named in the lawsuit, yes that they have formed a monopoly and it takes them to court and they can bring them down. I'm all for it because I'm sorry. I, I do there. ESPN can say, Oh, we don't, 
We don't have anything to do with this. We don't. And Fox can say we don't have anything to do with this. I don't know. I don't know how all this happened. Yeah, they're lining the pockets of everybody. <laughs> right, we've talked about it with basketball. Stories. There's three ACC teams, a a conference that has put teams in the Final Four every single year. Three ACC two teams of them in there last year. Two, yeah. two last year. Uh, not last year, but two years ago. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, two years ago. But last year they had Miami. Miami was in the Final Four. Yeah. Miami was in the Final. It was not a Final Four, but yeah. Just whatever. Yeah, it's just it's the whole idea. They, I can't really talk about it without starting to curse. The idea of the ACC only getting three teams in the NCAA tournament. I just I don't. I I just I I told you it doesn't make sense. Jordan Travis getting hurt was convenient for the college football playoff. Once Alabama beat Georgia, there was a zero percent. Jordan Travis could have been perfectly healthy. Florida State wasn't getting in that game. They weren't going to be in the college football playoff. It didn't matter. Because they weren't gonna, they weren't gonna keep the SEC champion out. That that was never an option for the college football playoff committee. And yeah. if you take Alabama, then you have to take Texas. Yeah, they were they were begging for a way to find Georgia in there. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I I am fearful of what we find out from these meetings. So that's that's basically where I sit. We don't know anything yet. I looked, I just looked on there and I wasn't seeing updates from today. I just, I'm fearful. Like I am not optimistic. I'm not uh, eager. But, I but just, when you like, look at when it, I see the as news, of today, I'm going to read it ready to cry. Yeah. As of today, it's still the top six conference champions. But when you already look yeah. at the ESPN articles, they're already acting like it's a foregone conclusion. It's going to get reduced to five. Well, they tried that at the beginning in January, but the uh, because it has to be unanimous. It, this, yeah, it, it's gonna be after after two years. The next two years, the Pac-12 is giving us a team. Like that's that's what it is. The Pac-12, like unless something, huh? Maybe the Pac-12 Mountain West merger, but not quote unquote Pac-12. No, no, no. The, the, the Pac-12. No, no. no the, the, for the next two years, with the rules in place, they can't change anything for these next two years unless there's a unanimous decision. But there's nothing. So January, there's nothing in the rules that say it has to be a team from the Pac-12. It's the top six ranked conference champions. Oregon State and Washington State aren't going to be the top ranked conference champion of anything. We'll see what we get. I want to come back to that at some point. But uh, it's why the G5, uh, because it has to be unanimous. It's why that won't change. Because the G5 right. isn't going to voluntarily kick one of their own teams out. But that's that's like the next two years. Beyond that, it has to just be a majority, and that's where stuff's going to get crazy. And that's why if the ACC wants to suck up to the SEC and screw themselves in the process, that's where the, all this could go bad. That's why if Big you're the ACC, to, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I would not party up with the big teams. They're never going to take you. If they yeah. split away, you're not invited. I'd rather it's be the same with the Big Twelve than to it's do. the same with like, the Big Twelve. I don't want to join the SECs. Uh, whatever the SEC saying, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like, I'd rather die that death. Absolutely. It's the same with the Big 12. Them, like, trying to go with the Big 10 and SEC is wishful thinking. They are never going to invite you to that table. Your only no. hope is that the rest of the college, the rest of college athletics yeah. looks the around Big and goes. If Big 10 wanted to play Cincinnati, they'd have put Cincinnati in the Big 10. They don't care. Yeah. Y- your only hope is that the rest of after a few years of this expanded conferences, the university presidents l- start looking around going, wait a minute. None of this makes sense. 
none of the other stuff that is going on makes sense here. Nothing outside of football makes sense. Well, and that's, dream that's what you have to hope. To, to go back, let football go crazy. But that's the dream. Everything back that's, to the way that's, it was. The, that's the dream here is that th- yeah. this stays this way for two years. The, the university presidents and chancellors start looking around and they're like, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why is our soccer team traveling all the way across the country to go play? Yeah. Why are we playing Rutgers today? Yeah. Why is that a thing that's <laughs> happening? Why it's our UCLA soccer team playing Rutgers on a Thursday. And, and you see it, right? Like Arizona is in a money hole. Rutgers is in a money hole. That's why, like, none of this makes sense. You're digging yourselves in a deeper bleeping hole to try to make football work. Stop doing that. Go back to the regional conferences. Go back mm-hmm. to what worked. They saw two money dollar signs for one sport and they let it go to their head. They've, yeah. You need common sense to win out here. Otherwise, this is going to burn out the way of the blockbuster where they just expand like nuts. And then now, unlike blockbuster, there was a, another thing that ended up killing them there. But this is just going to be pure greed. This is like when the chain expands too fast. You open too many stores before you're ready. And then it all comes crashing down like a house of cards. Because let me tell you what taxpayers don't love. When they find out the university's not making money. When they find out my taxpayer dollars went to what? And you lost money? That's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just fearful. I'm fearful. And Absolutely. and again, like what are what are they going to do? There's only so much money they can be given out in these media rights deals, too. And eventually there's going to be winners and losers in the streaming services, too. And when there's losers, that's less money. So like I just there's yeah. going to come a time where none of this makes sense anymore. And there's no, you're not I, making I think, money. I mean, it feels like we're already there. They're already talking about the NFL like, oh, how do we make peak? Peak value, peak. I sent you the video. I don't know if you watched it today of uh, the sporting class with David Sampson and uh, John Skipper. And they were talking about peak value with the Super Bowl and all that. And I'm like, and they talked about putting it behind a paywall, which I do fear eventually for the Super Bowl. But there is also going to come a point where like that bubble is going to pop and the NFL is going to push the envelope one too many times. And it's what I just said with college sports. It, It can happen to the NFL. It can happen to anybody. Once people realize, oh, wait a minute, I don't have to do this thing. And once you break the habit, it's harder to get them back in the tent at that point. Once they leave, it's harder to get them back in. Yeah, I mean, that feels further away than some of the. I mean, I don't know. I just, I've just listened to seven years of, well, we're not watching NFL football anymore. And then I see these football ratings come out where it's like the most watched game since this time. And the most watched game, like all these people but that work on the NFL anymore. It's they, on they are, they It's on CBS. It's, they don't have to pay anything they're not paying. No, no, no. I'm kind of talking a little different. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm there. The break in the chain and the habit of viewing. And once you break it, they don't come back. Like 
baseball fans came back. They were never coming back from the strike. And like, they, they came back. Like, so like the break in the chain thing is I'm, I'm not as, but Leland, like when was the last strike? It was 93. 94, but yeah. Okay. 94. But yeah, it's fine. there's more stuff to do now. If Major League Baseball had another strike, it would kill itself. Well, I heard it coming out of 2020 when there was no sports seasons in the spring. Well, you would break through this chain. And, no, people were, like, salivating to watch these But it, they couldn't do other stuff. When they came back, they, they were couldn't. They were still going down the marbles, race down the little course. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. Like, you can't go watch that live. They were My watching point NASCAR is... drivers play video games and use offensive language. I mean. <laughs> yeah, but. I don't know. Like I, the break the chain thing, like I recently had that feeling of rolling my eyes at that because like I was told all these people were never going to watch the the NFL again for some various reasons, but some very blatant well, reasons that are spoiler stupid. alert. They never, and they never, here left. they are. They're still watching the game, but they never like, left. That's the difference. They never left. They said they did, but they did. They never did. Yeah. If you put it behind right. a paywall and they stop, they can't, they either won't buy it or they can't buy it. Then you break the chain. That's actually breaking the chain. Yeah, they put a playoff game behind a play wall, and they still had, like, what was it, 28 million? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people get Peacock through and that's Comcast. That's a fine playoff. Yeah. Number. You get a lot of people get it through Comcast. I'm just saying, it, when they decide to go to pay per view, which is, you know, the big rumor That'll be weird. from John yeah. Skipper, I do think that's where you start to lose. The pay-per-view, I agree. The streaming. Boxing was I, the most popular need... sport in this country at one point, and then it went to pay-per-view. Yeah. Yes. 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 Why? Because of greed. Hey, SEC Big Ten. Keep being greedy. You're going to kill it. You're going to kill yourself. You're going to eat yourself. It's fine. I don't even know why college I care. College football eating itself. College football is absolutely – the college football playoff is eating that sport alive. All right. Let's get out of here. We're going to have plenty to talk about next week as we'll be right at the very end of the basketball seasons here locally. We'll have some wrestling to talk about. So a lot of good local stuff. And then, yeah, there's that big football game Sunday that I'm sure we'll uh, probably lead with next week. I'm not watching. Uh, Cause it probably should be a good football game. So uh, hopefully that's the case. We'll still get to watch it for free. I'll make it on time to watch it. I won't be impacted by little league basketball. I don't even Joe think Gears. we should play it. Yeah, now you're now you're with me. Yeah, you're gonna come watch our little play. You know what? Right? My apologies. The guy who scheduled the game's got his priorities right. We should not be playing the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Make sure you guys are following us at Yak Sports Pod on social media. Subscribe on Podbean, Apple. Don't bother subscribing on Google. Uh, but come on over to Spotify for us. Google Google leaves in like March. So that's what I yeah. thought. Yeah. No, don't even worry about that. Uh, but yeah, make sure you're telling your friends on what we're doing here, covering local sports and the other sports that matter to you, the Augusta County sports fan. We'll talk to y'all next week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.